Let's let's talk about the story of, of you you meeting Jamil because I want to hear it from your perspective. I saw the social media perspective, yeah. <laughs> which was fascinating to me. Um, but okay, so you're you were what were you doing like Grubhub or something like that? I was doing Instacart, bro. So like Instacart is you go to grocery stores, shop, and then you go drop off the groceries there wherever the delivery is. And it was just so random that I showed up at Keegley. Which, to be honest with you, like, I didn't realize I was at Keegley until I seen Jamil. I seen Keegley on the wall as I looked up from my phone because I'm staring at my phone trying to see the address and trying to see who's this for, trying to get detailed information for, <laughs> for whoever in order this is. And I looked up and I seen Keegley. I don't know what Keegley is. I looked to my right and this is Jamil. Now, Jamil looks bigger on camera not like fatter like taller jamil was way right. shorter than i thought he was gonna be so then i seen jamil and i'm like wait a minute that's jamil so i said that to myself and i was utterly in shock I'm like this is crazy because now i'm just here and i can't miss the opportunity What'd you say? <laughs> I'm from Chicago. Yes. Of how much money you're making in real estate. Get out of here. Yes. So you I can show it up here right now? No, I'm doing an Instacart order. Get out of here. Yes, I'm very serious. And I need your phone number or your phone <laughs> Here, uh, what, you want to learn how to do real estate? Yes, I Come do. on. John, I want to introduce you. What's your name? Dedrick. Are we hiring anywhere? Is there somewhere that uh, Dedrick might be able to give him some direction on where he could go on, on uh, possibly joining us on the journey here? Yeah, like I said, we'll get him set up here. Okay. Bobby, love Later, you. Later, man. Later. Like if you take any steps getting started so far, you kind of just get started wholesaler in 2020. Nice, because I've seen this video. Yeah, I'd love to get you set up for an interview. Awesome. This. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipsch, and I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What up, bro? What's up, my guy? Bro, I got you on the top this time, man. I know it's weird. It's funky. <laughs> I just realized I'm like, oh man, we're we're, we're backwards, guys. Guys, so for anyone who's listening and you see the name Dedrick Shannon, you may not know that name just yet, just yet. Big emphasis on just yet. But for those that are looking, this gentleman may look familiar. Dedrick Shannon, what's up, good dude? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Dude, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. We uh, we just recently connected. We were in Phoenix, Tanner and I, uh, for the Astro Mastermind uh, this past yeah. weekend and we're blessed with your presence man it was like oh there's the guy there's that one guy <laughs> so for for anyone who doesn't know dedrick has a uh, a pretty phenomenal story of why he's in the building he's he's in right now and i've been dying to learn what's happened in his past to bring him to this point like everything from birth all the way to now that has solidified this gentleman's position in the ecosystem of Keeg lee and uh, i i just can't wait to hear it so um before before we really dive in i just want to give people uh context um hopefully we can play the video before the interview um but something really fascinating happened um there uh so jamil damji who is uh um, the, 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 the leader, the mentor of, uh, Astro Flipping, uh, also one of the co-founders of Key Fli or Key Glee and, and Jamil's just doing major things in real estate. He's got a TV show on A&E, triple digit flip, he's just crushing it. Well, uh, Dedrick, um, 
came to deliver food one time to the Keekly office. And it just so happened that Jamil was there and Jamil was walking out. And he's like, Hey, what's going on, man? And Dedrick was like, uh, I actually, I, I came here to meet you. And it was just a wild story that uh, just turned, turned into this incredible um, uh, career path, I guess we, we could say uh, for this gentleman. So I'm looking forward to diving into this story, but Dedrick, man, so glad to have you on, dude. Thank you for your time today. No problem, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, bro. Okay. So man, we like to start off with origin stories. We like to take it back, man. So I'd like to know, you know, where are you from? What was life like growing up? Um, and then we'll eventually get into the, how you got to where you are now. So bring us back, man. What's your story? Um, I'm from Robbins, Illinois, specifically Chicago, um, I guess, generally speaking, <clears throat> depending on who you ask. While I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona, everything is Chicago. Uh, right. <laughs> Robbins. But it's just easier to, to remember. But I'm from Robbins, Illinois, originally um, been out in Arizona for about going on six years now. Um. And I, I don't know where I'm supposed to start, man. No, that's oh, fine, man. Let, let's, let's go back to family. So um, you're your only child? You, you I am the oldest family? of 10 kids. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I got nine siblings, seven sisters, two brothers. And like I said, I'm the oldest. I'm only 26 years old, so it's not even like <laughs> uh, we're spread far apart. But um Wow. Yeah, it's it's definitely an experience being the oldest. It's definitely an experience being one of ten. Um, but I, I just think it taught me a lot about family, understanding relationships, and it made certain aspects of life a little bit more important than others. Absolutely, absolutely. What was life like growing up in a houseful of of kids? I'm assuming. I mean, yeah, it was interesting um, to say the least. Uh, like my dad and my mom both worked when we were young. So uh, my mom used to work in the morning and we would see her in the morning. My dad would actually be with us when we got off of school. So we, we got to spend a lot of time in the household uh, with both our parents. Um, when I was eight, somebody got killed on our porch. <clears throat> so we had to move to a different area. Um, and I think that that was I've been informed as I've gotten older that that's supposedly a traumatizing experience. But personally, mm -hmm. for me, growing up in Chicago, people die like that yeah. just was what happened. <laughs> so it wasn't Gosh. the craziest thing to think about. It was just like, that's what happened. Um, but we were able to move and go get into a different area. And, uh, you know, I guess kind of um, found a place that was a better environment for me and my siblings and. You know, we I, I tried my best to stay out of trouble, which was not an easy thing to do as the sure. oldest. Of kids. And I don't I don't feel like it was my fault. My siblings love to try to get me into trouble and fights. And <laughs> my brother will do this. And <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. You're now the oldest. Man. Yeah, you had a target on your back. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we were able to figure it out. So for the most part, it's just <clears throat> been a learning process. And I've gotten the opportunity to be there for my younger siblings. Um, once I was around 12, 13, uh, my parent or my mom actually moved to New York. So then I ended up uh, staying with my dad in Chicago. My parents split. My mom moved to New York for a, a job promotion. And um, so I was split up from my sisters at that point, the first four of them. And then it was just me and my dad for a while. 
he got remarried and then had my first younger brother, which I was extremely excited about, as you guys could, could clearly oh, absolutely household of five women. It's crazy. I don't talk about I'm never able to talk about anything. I get no words out. Majority <laughs> rules. I can't watch what I want on TV. Tired of that. So Raven, it was bad. So you know. <laughs> majority rule. <laughs> That's so hilarious. But uh, <laughs> I think the thing that <clears throat> gave me the opportunity to kind of escape and even more than that, to gave me something to focus on to fill my time up was basketball. And like my dad was coaching basketball since I was three years old. Literally, I played basketball from I was three till I was 20. And the entire experience was at a high level because of who I was around and who I was exposed to. So uh, from a work ethic standpoint and a reason as to why I'm here today or why I have the audacity to ask a multimillionaire for his phone number, <laughs> because sure. I'm around people that are accustomed to success or are accustomed to working for whatever they get. So it wasn't mm. it's not odd to me to think that it's possible to get yourself from point A to point B. But I understand the process that it takes is mm. you put in a certain amount of work or you putting your hat in a bucket. Right. Right. And this was modeled to you by your dad. Yes. My dad, awesome. uh, <laughs> he's a different type of guy. Uh, or I've learned I didn't know, you know, coming up, I thought that that was just my dad. You know, you know, and I just normal, thought that yeah. was regular. Exactly. <clears throat> this is what I see every day. I used to take it for granted or not really appreciate all of the examples that were being set in front of me because this man got up every day at five o'clock in the morning going to work and I'm not necessarily seeing him. But then I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning, going to school to work out for two hours before we start school. And at 16, 17 years old, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, I'm tired every day. I got class. But instilling that work ethic in me when I got to 20, 21 years old and we got 168 hours in a week and only 40 of them are worked with a full time job. What are we doing with the rest of these 128 hours? Mm. I'm so confused. Mm. And mm. I feel that the only reason that I learned to have the demeanor or perspective that it's just always go mode or at least always be progressing towards your goal is because I watched this man do it. And his expectation of mediocrity was never acceptable in my household <laughs> it was never like wow or not even that it's not acceptable well yes it's not acceptable sure. but it's, it wasn't even the expectation the expectation was excellence so if you did anything below that we have to have a discussion as to why you didn't reach the real goal that's so powerful that's awesome wow now okay you're the oldest um how old is the youngest adele i mean i'm sorry dior is six she actually just okay. turned seven in May, because I'm about to be 27. So Dior is seven. Wow. So it's a 20-year gap from the oldest to the youngest. And um, the the uh, so your brother, how old is he, the, the closest brother in age to you? Uh, Damani just turned <clears throat> Damani just turned 13. He's a teenager now. I know it's a lot it's to remember. Good. You remember all the ages. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I would forget the names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's easier to remember the ages by how old I was when everybody was born. Okay. That, is that makes sense. Point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So, so you're, you're with this dad who's waking you up every morning, <laughs> making you go to the gym. No, 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 no. He's not waking me up in the morning. He just set the example of what it's supposed to be. So you mm. still are allowed to choose what you want to do. And that's 
I think another thing that he instilled in me was just like, this is life. It's show life. Do what you want to do with it. But understand if you want to be the best in anything, it's going to take a level of work that most people won't go through. Most people won't put in. And so it was just like, I'm not having, he's not waking me up in the morning, but like, <laughs> I know what time I have to be at the gym in order to get there before the rest of the kids in order to be right. able to work out before school or shoot shots. And if that's what I wanted to do with my time, then I had to make sacrifices. So now Man. I just got up. That was my responsibility. Hmm. What was your goal in life as a, I say as a kid, meaning like a, you know, late teenager, um, was your goal in life like to, to go, to go all the way with basketball or did you want to pivot to something else? What, what were your, you know what I mean, what, what was your goals? I think that I was more focused on basketball. <clears throat> I was definitely trying to, you know, experience having a professional career, whether overseas or in the NBA. Um, but I think that it shifted for me for one, um, when I got to college and uh, I had a bad experience at my sophomore year at the junior college that I went to, I actually out of high school, got the opportunity to play for my dad. Um, I was committed to a Division II school, HBCU in uh, Ohio, Central State. And uh, school came the last month of the season um, from uh, Oklahoma in the middle of nowhere in the panhandle. And they came to one of my games <clears throat> and they offered they offered me a scholarship, but they offer, they also offered my dad a job. So I'm like, he's going to be my, my dad's going to be my assistant coach. I'm not. Huh. I, I don't care. <laughs> That's weird. This is a no-brainer for me, um, and I, I just. But that was always something that I dreamed about. Honestly, I, I think that was what I was more focused on than playing in the pros. It was just getting the opportunity to play for my dad because wow, he coached my whole life. But he always coached older kids, so he's coaching college age. He was coaching at a college from the time I was eight to when I was seventeen. So I was always around the college age kids and being able to uh, <clears throat> practice and perform with them, getting better that way. And I guess even mindset wise, being around those guys, it was a little bit different uh, to understand sure. things at a different uh, level. But yeah, once I got the opportunity to go out there and play with my dad, it was just a whole new change of pace. So how did, Man, I bet. how did, oh, sorry, Ashton. Um, no, no, you're from I was just saying, how did, how did sports, you know, do you think sports, obviously your dad was huge into building discipline um, or you wouldn't have been getting up at five in the morning, right? Your dad yeah. was setting an extremely well example, um, which is why you're following his footsteps in that. But do you also think sports is a big reason, um, you know, to your success today? Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I think that, I think that it's a lot of different things in life you can partake in that will teach you certain disciplines and principles. But I just think for me and, and the way that we view sports, at least in, in the city that I come from, it was a it was a way out. So if I can use basketball or football, it didn't matter what it was. <laughs> if you are going to put yourself in a position where you don't you're able to provide for your family, you don't have to um, be in such an environment that isn't um, cultivating your growth. And I think that that was the thing that was the most important for me and probably for plenty of other people as well. It's just that <clears throat> the sports really aren't, isn't the big deal. It's what you can do with playing a sport. What do you mean by that? What, 
Yeah. Just that yeah, I can provide for my family. The only reason basketball was interesting, which is why I was able to shift my focus off of it immediately once I stopped playing or once that wasn't an option anymore, I wanted to be able to provide for my family and at a high level. So if you're only exposed to certain ways to be able to provide for your family, then you're going to go right. after what you know. So I right. was aware of how to play basketball. I was aware of how to play football. And so was everybody around me. So that's what we spent our time doing. <clears throat> and the craziest thing to me is like when you divert that same energy that you're giving towards sports to anything else in life, I'm talking about the same energy, no, not like a part of it. Like you got to be giving it your all. If you do the same thing that you do for sports in any other area, you're going to st- receive the same results. Like with the first year that I played basketball, I wasn't good. I started when I was three. I was bad. <laughs> I was really bad. Wow. Yeah, seven. Sure. After four years straight of playing with older kids, I'm winning MVPs in first and second grade tournaments, and I'm in kindergarten. By you know high school, I was a freshman on varsity, but like that didn't happen over. I didn't make my team in sixth grade, <clears throat> so I went from not making a team to being able to start with kids that are four years older than me. It's a reason for that. It's the consistent progress of chipping away at the goal. Right, right, man. What um. So I I can I think I could safely assume that you don't mind doing things that are out of your comfort zone, right? Oh, yeah. Easy, easy. There is no such thing. There is no, no such thing in no comfort zone, though. <clears throat> right. I just like growth, man. I'm I understand where I'm at, and I understand where I'm going, and I understand I can't be who I want to be by staying in the same spot. So like it's going to be uncomfortable to change. <clears throat> if you're going from a broke mindset to a rich mindset, you, you deleting all of these negative thoughts or the wrong thoughts, that's going to be uncomfortable. Sure. And sure. to be honest with you, just because I've played sports my whole life, the way that I always view it is I relate it to a sport. So it's kind of like if you can't shoot the basketball and you have bad form and somebody tells you the correct way to shoot, I could bring Clay Thompson out here and he could tell you how to shoot. But that form that he tells you is not going to feel right. Because your form is going to mm. feel right, quote unquote, but you're wrong. We know you're wrong because that's Clay Thompson. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right, you know, right. How we need to listen to what <laughs> makes sense. And then we need to do that over time and you get better. And it just works. That was like, that was like mm. Tanner showing me his golf swing over the weekend. You should have seen how yeah. ridiculous I looked. I thought I looked great. I, th- I thought for years I've been like, man, like, but I, man, how come I can't hit it straight? And he just showed me a few things. I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I get it. So <laughs> Barkley, I see. Bro, this is rough. <laughs> Man, well, so what was can can you think of the last thing you, you did that was out of your comfort zone? You know what I mean? I know you're used to doing things out of your comfort zone, but what's mm. what's one of the most recent things you did that was uncomfortable, but you did it anyway? I went to this mastermind this weekend, bro. I didn't that wasn't I don't like people personally. I wasn't taught how to be uh, like social because where I come from, like you gotta be paranoid. You have to keep your head on the swivel all the time. It's a different place to grow up in. It's a different environment to be in entirely, which is why I was comfortable moving to Arizona. It's a change of pace. It's a, a, a way different scenery, but more importantly than that, people think and move differently. Right. So I wasn't, when I walked in and I don't have an ID, I, I was invited here by, yeah, the person that is throwing this, but like the connection that I have with Jamil is, 
so random, bro. Like I just couldn't explain that at all. Like I just, I built the relationship off of something that I couldn't have planned better or if I wanted to. And then it's like, you know, it's almost the handout, which I'm not used to. I'm not used to handout. Right, I'm used to working right. for what I get. So the fact that this man, you know, put me in position to be able to learn some of these things is like, uh, I don't want to, I want to take advantage of the opportunity, but I want to do it the right way. I don't want to, you know, make too much of a scene or cause too much attention or bring myself. Sure. Um, so, I mean, that was extremely outside of my comfort zone, but it didn't matter. I needed to be there to learn. That's powerful. Man, let's let's talk about the story of, of you you meeting Jamil because I want to hear it from your perspective. I saw the social media perspective, yeah. <laughs> which was fascinating to me. Um, but okay, so you're you were what were you doing like Grubhub or something like that? I was going Instacart, bro. So like Instacart is you go to grocery stores, shop, and then you go drop off the groceries there wherever the delivery is. And it was just so random that I showed up at Keegley. Which, to be honest with you, like, I didn't realize I was at Keegley until I seen Jamil. I seen Keegley on the wall as I looked up from my phone because I'm staring at my phone trying to see the address and trying to see who's this for, trying to get detailed information for, <laughs> for whoever in order this is. And I looked up and I seen Keegley. I don't know what Keegley is. And I looked to my right and this is Jamil. Now, Jamil looks bigger on camera, not like fatter, like taller. Jamil was way right. shorter than I thought he was gonna be. So then I seen Jamil and I'm like, wait a minute, that's Jamil. So I said that to myself and I was utterly in shock. I'm like, this is crazy because now I'm just here and I can't miss the opportunity because like you just said, put yourself outside your comfort zone. How many times am I gonna get the opportunity to just be standing in front of a multimillionaire? I know he could buy a deal for me today. I'll go find you a deal for me to buy because I know you can buy it. I don't even care. I'll go spend all of my time doing that because I know that it's going to be worthwhile. So for me, I'm like, okay, I just got to say something, anything. And all that he says that I need is either a buyer's list or a property. I didn't have a property at the time. I know he's a great buyer and he'll buy up any deal that you have as long as it's, you know, within certain parameters. But that's easy. I can go find a good deal if I have a buyer that'll buy anything. So I just needed his contact info. And man, he gave me a whole lot more. Man, okay, so you were already in the world. You knew who Keegley was when you did that. Oh no, I'm definitely familiar. I, well, I learned about wholesaling in 2020. So when I found out about uh, wholesaling, it was through this guy named Mark Whitten, and he was on the Breakfast okay. Club talking about wholesaling and real estate and how he had made a million dollars. And I'm like, wait a minute. I need to learn about this. <clears throat> so I was going on YouTube. I'm a, a proud student at YouTube University. Yes. Likewise. Shout out. I also oh, have that degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. You know, I tell so people I have my PhD, uh, poor, hungry, and driven. That's that's what it took <laughs> to get the YouTube University degree. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you know, I just uh, I started doing as much research as I could. And as you guys know, um, it's only so many people that's out there that claim to be experts in the real estate realm. So, you know, I came across Jamil. I came across Brent Daniels. I came across Max Maxwell, the Pace Morbys of the world. And it's just like, you know, when I was learning about these different companies, the company that was seemingly the most successful was Keegley. And like from an outside in perspective, I had nothing to you know, <clears throat> I, had no, I wasn't attached to this company to feel any sorts of any sense of like, uh, I guess, a familiarity or um, affinity to 
the company, I just watched the amount of revenue that they were doing. And it just made way more sense to me to be a part of what they had going on because the crumbs off of a $100 million pie have got to be a lot, you know? Absolutely. So that's not that. Mic drop. Bro, how did you end up? Like, why Arizona? I, I still oh, I haven't got that part yet. Well. <laughs> well, life has been random for me personally. You know, random is an interesting word. Mm-hmm. I, I can't uh, I can't wait to hear the rest of this. My um, well, after I uh, stopped playing basketball in I think 2019, um, I had to figure out a new route, which was uh, uh, I guess another uncomfortable experience that I've had because I played basketball for 17 years in a row and fully intended on at bare minimum graduating college and, and playing four years. You know, um, I always was a great student. So I uh, dropped out of school with a cumulative three, five, which is probably dumb. I need one semester to get my associates. So that's probably dumb, but, <laughs> but where I was at in life at that point, you know, and, and I guess it goes to show you how much I was focused on basketball. <clears throat> um, once basketball wasn't an option for me, school wasn't an option for me because that wasn't what I felt was going to get me to where I was trying to go. Right. And so, you know, I, I ended up moving back to Chicago and kind of trying to figure out what was going to be the best move for me. And <clears throat> in the process of me being home and experiencing different jobs, um, I got a call from my aunt who was living in Arizona at the time. She was uh, running a catering company, actually, out here, uh, and they were doing. She was doing pretty good business, but she needed some help just organizing things. Um, so she kind of convinced me to come be the director of operations for, her, uh, which essentially uh, she just put a very nice title on me being her brain, so she didn't have to think and she could just do stuff. And you know, the reason that I don't know that that was an accurate title is because I just did whatever she needed me to do. Because this is also my aunt, you know, love her to right. death. Right. And so, whatever is whatever the task is at hand, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we can do it to the best of our ability. At least that's just how I was raised. And <clears throat> you know, we was able to get a lot done. I, I helped her grow. We ended up opening up an upper banquet hall for a bit oh, of time wow. when I first got down here. So it was it was a cool experience. But I made my way out to Arizona. Um, for her initially, and then I just fell in love with the environment. Honestly, you know, <clears throat> it's a lot of money out here, bro. It's a oh, lot. Yeah. Of it's oh, a lot yeah. of rich people, and more than it just being like, it's a lot of financial opportunity. Cool, you sure. know, but it's a lot of rich people that you run into just on the humbug, just this random guy, random guy with a Lamborghini Urus just parked in front of his house, and especially because I was doing Instacart. I'm, I'm riding through Paradise Valley and it's uh, <laughs> a whole neighborhood filled with multi-million dollar houses. And and it's not dangerous and it's hot every day. It's never going to be a natural disaster. I need my right. pay, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, um, PV is a, a, a crazy place. It's on another level. Yeah, uh, right. Paradise Valley is like it's so, you know, there's, there's, it's cool to live in California. It's even cooler to live in LA, you know, for some, and it's even cooler to live in Beverly Hills, you know, yeah. but the people that live in Beverly Hills don't say they're from LA or California. They tell you we're from Beverly Hills, you know, people in LA don't say, you know, I'm from California. They say I'm from LA, you know, and right. it's the same way with, with PV. When, when, 
it was it like it's like Scottsdale. It's kind of like Scottsdale, but you don't say if you live in PV, you don't say you live in Scottsdale. It's another mm-hmm. level of esteemed PV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing in that area is three million dollar houses and up. Yeah, yeah, man, that's phenomenal, dude. Okay, so what do you? Um, so you're you're uh, do you? Do you like to like go drive through PV and whatnot to turn on the dream machine or do you go out there and network or what, what's the reasoning for going out there? Most of the time that I've been, it's been to because I was working, whether doing different uh, delivery courier services, whether from uh, like on track or uh, Amazon or Instacart ship, uh, just various delivery services going out to these different uh, places. And that's actually it was a great opportunity for me to um, come across these houses naturally because I might not have just went roaming into Paradise Valley. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it was just I came across different places and I'm like, man, that's that's a nice house and that's a nice house. And that's, this is just all nice houses. This is nuts. <laughs> this is crazy. That place is unreal. It really is. So, real quick. So you said you started wholesaling or at least found out about it in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just curious. Before Keegley, had you closed the deal or like yeah. what was you had closed the deal? <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. awesome. Uh, so I found out about wholesaling in like January 2020, and then I did my first deal in like February. Hey. So, hey. so like you said earlier, um, I think that the biggest thing that sets people apart is mindset. So like I've just never. And again, it's probably because I was around people that had an expectation of excellence. Like they expected excellence out of out of everybody around them, but they also expected it out of themselves. My father is a person that is accountable and he holds everybody accountable around him. So like when I decided I'm in real estate, I'm an investor, I'm wholesaling. It was never an idea that I could fail at this thing. Right. Failure was never an option. It was right. just, this is what we do now. So like, if you don't do this, you're going to not eat. That's not a good idea. We want food today. So let's go figure out how we're doing real estate now. <clears throat> Patrick, let me ask you, what what would your advice be for someone who didn't grow up with a dad like yours, who instilled these these incredible beliefs uh, and, and well, just understanding and knowledge that, you know, you got to go out there and, and get after it. What, what, what would your advice be for someone like that who's stuck and they, but they don't have the, the benefit of having, you know, that the background like you do. I think that it's, it's important for everybody to surround themselves with the environment that they think will help them grow. Mm. And so like, for me, it wasn't, it's not that, like I got to see my dad every day be the type of example that be the type of example that I uh, needed in my life. Right. But then more importantly than that, you know, I think that certain conversations that we had in passing is not like I got to talk to him and sit down and speak on things every day. But when I did get the opportunity to talk to him, the things that he instilled in me, like you're saying, have been ingrained in me and will be for the rest of life. <clears throat> but for me, like I've always been the type of person that asks questions. Dumb questions. I don't care. Tell me the right. question. I don't right. care. You get it. I ain't gonna ask another dumb question after the first one. <laughs> I need to understand this for myself. So I think you have to be able to be accountable. You have to look yourself in the mirror and decide what you want. And, and once you decide what you want, it's you can reverse engineer how to get there. So if I know that I want to be a real estate investor, I can look at uh, what the end result of other real estate investors is. And then cre- recreate their pro- program. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Why? 
Why should I go try something that nobody else has tried? Not to say, you know, you can't be a trailblazer and can't create your own story. Go ahead. Sure. But it's still, you know, at the point that I was at, and and you that's again about being self-aware, understanding who you are and knowing what you right. want. Where I was at, it didn't make sense for me to try to go without the resources that were necessary to create my own thing. And I tried that and failed miserably. I spent all of my money. $70,000 of just blown for no reason. But, and and for me personally, it's like, do I look at this as, you know, a failed opportunity or a failed business? Or do I look at this as a lesson learned? And personally, it was a lesson learned because I never viewed real estate as something that was just going to sink my funds. It was like, I'm doing this wrong. But I also play chess. So maybe I need to recommend the people to play chess. Mm. In chess, no matter how many moves are in the game, no matter where you lose or if you lose or you win, if you lost, you can look back at this game and pick a point that you made the wrong decision. And then you got to blame yourself because nobody else made these moves (laughs) except you. Mm. So I, if I, you know, am not in a position that I want to be in in life, and again, that's probably because of my pops, it's just like I never am able to look myself in the mirror and blame somebody else. <laughs> okay. Bro. That's crazy. Just look yourself in the mirror and understand what you want. Understand what you want and what you're willing to do to get there. And then you got to figure out the in-between if, if you're going to put the work in and sacrifice in order to get what you want or if you're willing to let your life be mediocre. Right. Right. Man. Okay. So Dedrick, I mean, you're, you're an incredibly confident and competent person, clearly. Um, and you would almost give someone the idea that like, you don't face any challenges in your business. So what, what, what <laughs> challenges are you, are you currently facing in your real estate business? Well, working with Keegley, I mean, you get a lot of rejection. So you deal with no a lot, which most people can't take. So I get hung up on way more times than I actually get what I'm looking for on phone calls. I get way many, way more offers declined than are accepted. <laughs> I have, I sent out, we sent out five contracts today. <clears throat> Three of them got declined before the end of the day. I'm waiting on to hear back from two different listing agents. I was expecting these offers to be declined. It was not like something I was unaware of. Because it's a potential that somebody else comes in at a higher price point. This right. is the thing, though, for right. me. And it's what you have to understand. Everything is not for everybody. True. So, like, the prices that I offered was the best that I could do. So, somebody else that came in there, one property that I'm thinking about, I, I offer 170 Somebody came in at 211 and they're about to close. So, mm. they spent $40,000 extra. That $40,000 is not going into rehab now. Now that $40,000 is going towards purchase price, which means you're right. still going to have to pay for that rehab. That house was burned on fire. So so I don't know, you know, personally, I'm, I'm thinking at least 100 at least. So you're cutting into your costs and that's fine if it's, that's what's for you. But like for me, I'm, I've always been more interested in, you know, allowing things to come to me that are meant for me and <clears throat> the things that aren't, you know, I think that they automatically fall by the wayside. But I think that that's, again, having a clear understanding of who you are, being self-aware. And I mean, I face challenges every day, bro. It's not 
I feel like I do have to express that though, because people tell me that often that the way that I <laughs> communicate or the thing, the way that I convey my life is just that, you know, I don't go through things, but I just don't view life like that. I don't care right. what I go through. It will never matter. Right. It will never matter, bro. It's you are either going to quit. You only lose when you quit, bro. So like I play basketball my whole life in the fourth quarter, you down 20 and it's three minutes left to go in the game. I only felt like it was over when my coach took the starters out. When your coach take the starters out, that's when the game is over. And that's when y'all quit for real. Until then, <laughs> oh, we will shoot threes every possession and we can come back. I don't believe that we're going to lose until that buzzer rings. And personally, that's just always how I felt. So I don't know how other people can think. I don't even really understand their way of thinking. It doesn't compute in my brain. Can't relate, Mm-mm. man. That's huh. I that's interesting. Okay, wait. What um, what what's one of the greatest uh, lessons that you learned so far through real estate? Mm. Relationships are are very important, and they're probably more important than your knowledge or your buyers list or your pockets. Wow! If you have a relationship with the right individual. That could take you very far. I, I got to the day to, or I got the opportunity to spend the day with Jamil. <clears throat> this man told me we he got a phone call when I was sitting next to him. And um he he answers the phone and they talk real quick. And he gets off the phone and he's like, uh, you see that lady that I just got done talking to? I'm like, yeah. He said, you know, um, if I didn't answer the phone for nobody else this entire year, she'd have made me a million dollars. Her, mm. this one person, this is one person he was on the phone with. This one person, this one relationship that you built, million dollar relationship. So you're telling me there, people, the average income in America is thirty, forty thousand dollars. So you're telling me knowing one person could put me in the one top one percent tax bracket, and I'm <laughs> choosing to not like people and be uncomfortable or be comfortable in my own. No, bro, that's not it. For me personally, but that's because I'm the oldest of 10. You know, my parents 20 years older than me. I don't want them to have to work the rest of life. I have seven sisters. They don't care nothing about money. They're not trying to build no <laughs> dynasties. They cool with doing social work for their entire lives. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with that. I think that, you know, it's, it's beneficial and more than it being beneficial is necessary. It's an essential occupation. But that is not what's going to get us on trips or experiencing the uh the the most beautiful qualities about life being able to go on vacation and take your family and have That's financial it. freedom to have time freedom to not wake up in the morning and be like ah i gotta go to work now you get to go to work you get to go do something that you love to do because that's what we spend our time on because we work to put ourselves in a position where we don't have to do things we don't want to do and I, that's just always the mentality that i have i want to not only do that for myself but for my loved ones and, and I, don't, I don't know, man. It's just, <clears throat> it's a big world, bro. I, I was also raised a Christian, and it's just like the Bible speaks on you being able or humans being uh, in control of the, our entire environment. And right. like, this is my entire domain. The earth, the earth is my entire domain. So, like, I can make this my oyster if I so choose. And you're telling me that there are other humans on the planet that are doing whatever they want, and I'm un- under some type of restrictions. No. All that they have is more money than me. So let's figure out how to get the money then. So you, um, what, what are you doing right now 
to, or what do you do, I should say, to maintain or sharpen your outlook <laughs> perspective? Are, are you a reader? Do you listen to podcasts well, or is it just who, who you associate with or combination or? Definitely a combination of all of it. Um, I think I've been on like a self-improvement journey for probably the fat past five years. <clears throat> um, I think that a big portion of that is uh, the lady that I keep in my life. I think a big portion of that is my family. I talk to my mom and my dad regularly. I'm not, I'm in Arizona and I'm the only person in my family here. You know, my siblings are here. My parents not here. My mom in Michigan, my dad in Texas. So like I talk to everybody regularly. I have a great collection of friends that are here that are like-minded individuals. And I don't awesome. keep people around that are wastes of my energy or time. Awesome. Um, and I and yeah, I, I read a lot, bro. Um, they just gave me two books uh, when I got on with Keegley, Never Splitting the Difference, which is a negotiation book, um, and Fanatic Prospect Prospecting, which I haven't gotten the opportunity to finish yet. But um, <clears throat> I think, to be honest with you, the book that got it all started for me, um, I was working at Wells Fargo, uh, 2019, 2018, 2019, working at Wells Fargo. Read a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by yeah. Stephen R. Covey. Yeah. And it changed my life. I mean, I was wow. just so flabbergasted <laughs> at, <laughs> at the principles that he had in that book because I never really um, thought about life in a way that you could um, shift your entire way of thinking in a moment's notice. And then more than that, I never, I think that that exposed me to the idea that everybody else could be objectively looking at things from their point of view and it be accurate, even though my objective point of view is accurate from my lens that I see life through. But it gave me the idea and kind of something that Keegley's, um presses on as well, which is like having a foundation of love because coming up in an environment where you have to be paranoid or where you have to almost think the worst all the time, you know, it, it puts you in a certain mind frame. Right. <clears throat> so when you, right. you know, if, if I can go outside and I can assume that everybody has my best interest at heart, it's a different demeanor that you carry with you. And so like, that's right. one of the things that you learn about being around successful people. They're not, I, I will allow people to feed off of my energy. <clears throat> And so, like, regardless of if I'm the richest man in the room, they want me in a room because I have great energy all the time. Right. And I noticed that about successful people because when they'll allow you to take their energy, but it's not that they're that you're really taking it from them. They're feeding off of you just as much as you're feeding off of them. I like being able to help you improve your mood because you don't need to be feeling like that. And a lot of times that's all it takes for some people is just like, you know, people are in tough spaces or. You know, they're going through whatever they're going through in life. And it's <clears throat> it's a, a blessing to be able to um, carry that light around with you that can change people's demeanors like that in the snap of a finger. And so, you know, I, I smile everywhere I go. I'm always excited about everything. It's, it's not that life doesn't get hard or it's not uncomfortable, but it's like, bro, it could be worse. <laughs> it could be so much worse. Man, mic drop. I mean, on that note, mic drop. Like, I, I, I really... And I'm not bullshitting you. I really feel like I can have a conversation with you for another hour or two. Um, I just, I really appreciate everything you're saying and the the clarity in which you speak it in um, is 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 perfect, um, bro. You're you're definitely one that at least our podcast and our company we're we're gonna 
put a spotlight on and pay attention to, man, because I'm I'm fascinated by your journey. I'm glad we got to learn your story more. I had no clue that you had wholesale experience. I had no clue why you moved here. And, you know, we, we've heard a little bit from Jamil uh, just about, you know, a little bit of kind of, you know, the story that happened that day, mm-hmm. uh, the day that you guys met. Um, and even I wouldn't say he's blown away because at his level, he's, you know, he's he's not blown away by a lot. Um, he just, he, 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 he knows what the, he knows how the universe and God, how it provides. And so, man, that's your, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Dedrick, man, for real, for real. It's been an honor, bro. Um, look, let's, let's get to the nuts and bolts because ultimately we, we are investors and we, and we still, you know, seek connection and, and making, and, you know, and making money and making moves and, and big goals. Um, what's, what's your goal? in real estate, in the real estate investing world. Do, do you have a specific goal that you've kind of targeted yet? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. So to be honest with you, um, portfolio wise, I'm trying to get to a thousand doors. Okay. Um, and I'll probably, <clears throat> not even probably, I need to do that by the time that I'm 40. So I have like 14 years or so. Okay. Now with over the course of these next three years though, um, my goal is just to be able to kind of build the foundation for that rental portfolio. And I think that I'll be able to acquire anywhere from 20 to 50 doors over the course of the next three years. Okay. Um, but the first step in order to get that done, <clears throat> and I always think like that as well. I have like a 12 month rolling clock in my head as of to what my goals are three years and then five years you know, kind of immediately short term and long term. Um, and it's always moving and always changing and adapting as life goes on. But <clears throat> the first thing in order to get that accomplished is to be able to create the capital to be able to take those chances. Now, right. there are um, and then also making preparations because the interest rates that I get with a 700 credit score is different than what I get with an 800 credit score and different what I get with a 600 credit score. So if I understand what my goal is and I'm reverse engineering it, I can go make preparations to make sure that I'm I have all of the resources at my disposal to do exactly what I'm wanting to do. And at a high level. <clears throat> um, and I guess more than just having a capital um, right now, my main focus is to learn as much as possible. Um, I got the opportunity to connect with uh, Henry Washington at the mastermind and just like through Jamil, bro, the same thing. I don't, I, this is crazy that all of these people are answering my questions and giving me so much free game, bro. But I really, I really think, <clears throat> hey, this is the, the advice that I have for anybody that wants to learn. If you go ask the right person the right question, I promise you they're going to answer it. Because that's the only thing that sets me apart. I won't, I am not scared to talk to nobody. I don't care who you are or where you came from or what your status is, because none of that is important. You a human and you bleed blood like I do. So if I ask this person the right question, they're gonna be intrigued for a multitude of reasons. Because when you open your mouth, you tell the world who you are. And more importantly than that, once you start speaking to somebody that has been where you are, they see themselves in you. Uh, Jamil seen a little dude that was like, oh, you, you think you want to get some money in real estate? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you in a room and see what you're going to do with the uh, opportunity. I'm not playing with this opportunity. <laughs> okay, good. Right? Name? Watch this. Watch what I do with it. Okay, it's fine. Just watch me. I ain't got to do prove nothing else. But I mean, it, plenty of people on the planet are like that, bro. But yeah. 
back to what I'm saying. I, I got the opportunity to speak with this guy, Henry Washington, and, and a lot of the things that he shared with me, you know, about his journey and how he was able to get to the point where he did uh, 100 houses in six years. And for me, it's just like having having an opportunity to be around people that are participating in the industry, doing so at a high level, and then asking these guys questions as to how did you get there? Okay, so what did you? How did you start? What was the first property for you? And then from there, where did you go? Did you use credit? How did you leverage, um, you know, the resources that you had compared to what you needed? Did you were you scared? Absolutely, mm-hmm. everybody was scared. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that they all tell you. Jamil said his first check, he, he had a $47,000 check and he didn't cash it for four months. It was about to expire. Yeah. <laughs> three, yeah. four more deals <laughs> because he's just like, I don't want to. But you got to take that chance on yourself, bro. Like it's, it's life. And, and and the one thing that I think my dad taught me that um, was the most important that I always sit with, every, that sits with me every day is time is the one thing that we spend and don't get back. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to waste none of my time, man. I'm 26, and these 26 years flew by. I can't imagine when I'm going to be 40 years old. But I know I'm not going to be 40 years old waking up and look in the mirror like, man, I wish. No, mm. I'm not doing that. My dad told me that every day. He said, you're going to do this. You're going to be 40, and you're going to be looking up like you wish. No, I'm not. Sir. No, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> not me. So, you know, it's, it's just, you got to get around people that want the best for you, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I love an environment that's going to force me to grow. I don't care about being uncomfortable. I care about reaching my goals. And so it's like if if you if you're in an environment where, you know, people are constantly expecting more out of you, people are wanting you to progress, people are holding you accountable, how, how are you going to fail? I don't I don't know. Personally though, I've just never been average at anything that I've done. In the right. least cocky way that I could say that, not because I was just better than everybody else. I just work hard. I like when you set a standard for yourself, you will meet that standard mm. because you don't allow yourself not to. Right. You don't have to uh, accept failure or mediocrity or anything less than your goal. And it's OK for you to fail at your goal and do it again. Like I failed at my goal of owning a real estate, owning and operating a successful real estate company the first time. And now I'm working with Keegley. If I if I allowed that to be a determining factor of my overall success, I wouldn't be here. That's stupid and scary. I don't have time to be scared, bro. Because (sighs) what what is that going to do for me? I'm I'm a purpose guy. I'm like I'm way more focused on what's the purpose of the things that we do than like what the actual action is. So action wise, if I'm going to spend my time on something, it's going to make sense. And it's going to help me get closer to where I'm trying to go. I move backwards. Can I retrograde? My lips are sore. I have like a permanent smile on my yeah. face, bro. Yeah, I can see I'm, yes, bro. Yes. A little, a little like crazy action going right here, bro. I'm like, man, I'm probably like an idiot right now just grinning. But bro, <laughs> you, oh my gosh, you're killing it. Okay. Okay, Dedrick. We got to wrap this up, bro. I'm telling you, I can talk to you forever, bro. When you open your mouth, you tell the world who you are. Mike. Les Brown, bro. That's Les? Mm-hmm. I'll give it to Les then. Well, also, I think it's, uh, you obviously have the, like a great mindset, right? You, you grew up with that. Um, 
And so me and Aisham always joke about, again, which we've mentioned earlier on the podcast, is that's why we made this podcast, right? Once you get your mind right, the deals actually will start coming. Whether you know your shit in real estate or not, as long as your mindset's right, things start to open up, like doors open up for you. And you said you started in January and you got your first deal in February. And then going back to listen about how you were raised and the discipline and, and the execution of you know excellence and all this kind of stuff. Again, people, there's a reason he got his deal within a month of wholesaling. It's because his mind was right. So if that's not another example of why you need to get your mind right, then I don't know what is. So beast. For real. For real. Well, Dedrick, bro, um, let, let's land the plane. Um, dude, I, I really greatly greatly appreciate you man I, I i i always have one question at the end nothing crazy but I, I like to switch it up a little bit and based on how the interview goes is kind of what what question i want to ask you know do i go big do i go narrow do i go deep like wait, where, where do i go um but for you i want to ask you because i want to hear your response to this question what would you say is your superpower <clears throat> my ability to talk to people easy your ability or your willingness? No, my ability to talk to people. You okay. being willing to talk to people is one thing, but then same way, like I said, when you open the mouth, your mouth, you tell the world who you are. So like if I was anybody else, if I talked differently than I talk, I wouldn't get the same reactions. I know this to be a fact. Because I walked in the room with people that look like me or that act like me, and if they say something different than me, they don't get the same responses. Hmm. I don't really understand it to be honest, <clears throat> but I just, I believe that, <clears throat> I, I truly believe that you, if you uh, cultivate the right relationships and you um, ask the right questions, then you'll put yourself in a better position. And more than like you just asking questions, when you have a clear understanding of certain um, aspects of life, or when you have a certain level of knowledge and you are a resource to the room or to the world, people appreciate that. I don't, I don't benefit from most of the information that I share with people for free. Jamil didn't benefit at all by putting me in a room or by giving me information, giving me extra help. That's not what it's about. It's never been about that. And, it's, and I guess more than being like my ability to talk, it's just a willingness to help. Cause that's the only reason why I talk like this or why I figure out how to talk and how to communicate. Like right. it's, I, my mom is, is profound. This lady is way smarter and more intelligent than me. She, she puts her words together rather well to teach it to me so that I can deliver it. Not even close <laughs> to as eloquently as she does, but it's just about, you know, I guess understanding um, what your goal is. And my goal is to be able to help people like, Obviously, it started from, you know, being the oldest of 10, but bigger than that, you know, like I'm, I'm from Chicago. It's a lot of people that look like me that are not in great circumstances. It's a lot of impoverished cultures across America, across the world in general. So it's just like, what is important to you? What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to just exist or are you going to live? I wanted to live. So, like, my goal is to help people as much as I can. And I've been able to do that by the things that I've said by the things that I've done. <clears throat> and, you know, I think that, I guess that's why I say uh, my ability to talk to people is because a lot of what I've been able to, the impact that I've been able to leave has been off of what I said thus far in life. But you definitely get to a point as you continue to elevate that you, uh, you're in more impactful by what you do 
um, and not even just directly, but just how you move and just the inspiration that you can be. So Absolutely. I'm working towards getting to that point. Absolutely. Bro, so one, one thing I, I, I know that's for certain in life, and, and you just touched on it, is you don't get nervous when you're helping someone. It's, it's like it's impossible to feel nervous when you're helping someone. Yeah. So when you go to speak to people, when you go to, you know, you didn't you weren't nervous when you went to go talk to Henry Washington because your ultimate goal is to help. You know what I mean? And so, like, it's just not a nerve. When you go on stage and you're nervous, you're thinking about yourself. Yeah. When you're thinking about everyone else, the nerves go away. How can I help? How can I provide? The nerves go away. You get clarity. You start getting, oh, okay, that's what I can say. That. But when you're thinking about yourself, you get nervous. So that's, man, that's powerful. Bro, don't start a podcast. Please don't, because we don't need any competition. We, we like what we're doing right now. <laughs> no, that's a scarcity mindset, but but I am joking. I definitely would love for you to start a podcast, because you have a I don't know if I'm ready for that right now, boss. I'm trying to focus on getting this real estate off the ground and moving. I need oh, good, to touch man. half a million this year. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm focused on that. Well, when you're ready, holler at us. We'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll we'll do whatever we can to help. So, Dedrick, bro, thank you again for your time, man. I want people to connect with you. How can people send you deals? Where's your market? How can people connect with you? Um, well, I'm mainly in the Phoenix market right now. I'm open to pretty much any distressed properties. Um, I'm open to some market value or more market condition houses but you know I'm, I'm doing less of those deals more mainly flips but i'm buying okay. up anything under six hundred thousand right now in maricopa county um so mainly phoenix market but i'm willing to awesome. take a look at things outside of that if um if the numbers fit <clears throat> somebody just sent me a response to an offer right now beautiful the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, universe but, uh, provides bro <laughs> yeah 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 but um i mean outside of that though um, I'm always open to giving out as much uh, information as I can. Um, the one thing that, you know, I want to make my mission is that Jamil exposed me to social media because uh, I did not have social media prior to that whole uh, viral moment, if you will. You picked it up. So well, I'm going to try my best to uh, share all of the information that I can on so online. So you can find me online on Instagram at is that Dedrick. Which is my first name. And yes, it is. That's how I feel. It is Dedrick. Well, guys, we're going to have all the links um, in the show notes uh, for you to be able to, to connect with Dedrick. And uh, you do. You should probably do that. I, I would definitely encourage you. I know I'm, I'm going to stay much more connected to you, bro. Dude, this has been phenomenal. Uh, thank you again. Tanner, I didn't, did you have any parting uh, questions or comments? No, dude. Me? I mean, I, I thought you're... You're killer, bro. And like I said, it's all about that mind, getting that mind right. Um, and if people, you know, you're a true example of that. So if people can follow the steps you took and, um, you know, everything that you were saying throughout this episode, then they should have no excuse, you know, to fail. Because um, the only time you fail is when you quit. So, um, yeah, man, you're a beast. Keep up the good work, bro. Look Appreciate forward to it, uh, having you on again at some point. For sure. Definitely can get an update going once I hit this half a meal. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Well, Dedrick, no, no. thank you again. Thank you again for your time, man. I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure everyone who's listening and watching is, is going to leave this uh, episode a much better person, for real. Uh, so thank you for that. And I, I genuinely and honestly say that. Um, bro, thank you. Um, guys, guys. 
this is it. You know, we always say at the end of the podcast, we, we want you, we want to interview you. We want you to go out there and make it happen so we can have you here sharing your story because you guys have no idea the feedback that we get of the impact that our guests have on this show. So go out there, hustle, make it happen. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Wholesale Elite. Peace. What up, Elite fan? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.